And welcome, welcome to the No Name Yet podcast. That is the podcast with no name. And on tonight's show, once again, is the other guy on the show who is color coordinated in his corner, Mo. Hello. Oh, color coordinated. Wow. That's a that's a great introduction. Hello guys, how are you? It's great to be back. I'm excited. Let's get this show started. What do we have in the wild wild America? Oh, well, I, I I first would like West. to say that you are looking very smart today. <laughs> that oh. you're the, the the your skin color and in your shirt against the the color of the wall and the uh mirror in the corner uh it looks it looks really nice thank you thank you it was just a random thing i didn't okay. like I, I couldn't be in front of the window uh, I, it looked so ugly but i'm glad this fits yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad this fits my beautiful brown is uh you know matching very well against the uh shelf over here and i can even see my thank face you. in the mirror you can see it i can see yeah. my face reflecting from the, okay. apparently your screen that my face is in the mirror and for those that can see, if you're looking at the mirror, uh, my face is in the uh, upper right-hand corner of the mirror as it appears on the Look screen. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you. You're looking. Double-check yourself. You don't need yeah. no help. <laughs> so, uh, you know, before we get uh, before we get going, I'd like to point out what I'm drinking uh, today. Here uh, we go. I, I've taken um, uh, a break from uh, seltzer water. And uh, today I am drinking uh, Polar Premium Half and Half, which mm -hmm. is uh, a mixture of grapefruit and lemon soda. So this is actual soda with sugar in it, uh, half oh. grapefruit, half lemon. And uh, it, it's pretty good. I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite but uh it is good mm, 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 mm. i am looking forward to the grapefruit soda that i did uh, purchase also ladies and gentlemen he does this every week and every time i just look down to see what time it is because you don't <laughs> know how long this sponsorship will go on please somebody pay this man before he drives me crazy because if his money involved then then i'll shut the hell up <laughs> And before we uh, jump into what we're uh, going to talk about tonight, I would like to uh, give a, a brief um, review of Star Trek Picard. Um, I cleared my schedule last night because uh, somebody on Twitter said that the finale was two hours long and it was an hour long. And oh. But um, I think that... Uh, Paramount Plus has done an excellent, excellent job with the third and final season of Star Trek Picard. I was really, really excited for the finale, and I will say that it was good. It was it. good, but it was not excellent. I was a little disappointed. And which part did you get disappointed in, Pastor? Well, they just came in and they just saved the day. I mean, that's all they did. 
They came in. I mean, they that's usually how every season. Did it have a cliffhanger for next season? Well, they did. They Well, there's not going to be another season of Picard, but there might be another season of something else. They did. Oh. oh. They did. They did leave an excellent cliffhanger. I got to give them that. I got to give them that. It was an excellent cliffhanger. Um, But I, I just, I was just hoping for a bit more resistance to them actually succeeding before they did succeed. And I don't know, these past few episodes, they've just, I mean, they've just given you nuggets that you just didn't expect were coming. And I was just hoping like, you know, when they, they came face to face with the enemy, that something like that would have, you know, made you go, wow. Um, but it didn't. They they just defeated the enemy, and then you know everybody lived happily ever after. Oh my god! But they got everybody got, got a large cast back. You know, everybody got a nice paycheck. You know, the fans go, "Oh my god, so and so is yeah. back!" And then, yeah. Oh, thank you. So, um, I'm I mean, glad you good. enjoyed it, though. Yeah, I, I need to watch it again. I want to see if I missed something. Um. Uh, you know what's interesting? We're gonna stay on it, and I, I really want to see this movie now. You know, the new Mario movie has is like seventh place, I believe. Um, for on uh, it just beat so many records. I hear it's beating Frozen and a, a bunch of Disney movies, and it's up there in the top ten with Star Wars right now. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So it's doing really well. Well, there was some just, kind of be- there was some kind of headline I scrolled past about. It being woke or something what so 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 a lot of people in hollywood are actually complaining so the fan base is really satisfied with it because okay. when you um there is any fan you know they're saying listen there was nothing woke about it it was just a really fun movie just just classic fun movie it looked like somebody was just trying to tell a story act in it play out the characters and create this beautiful world and bring it to the screen there was no wokeness and uh, a lot of hollywood people uh got on it and they were like talking shit about it and people and like you know the um basically the people that like uh i think uh, rotten tomatoes they rated lower than the actual fan the fans like loved it rotten tomatoes all the Critics were like, "Oh, we don't like this movie," but all the fans love the movie. So and that's well, really what Tomatoes matters. is just a, you know, a mm-hmm. controlled by the industry. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, it just didn't have the same messages a lot of woke movies have, and it just it stuck to a just creating a new storyline. And I, I was well, like, really happy. So I'm excited to have a message, it. I guess. Every guy, well, you know, every movie should have a message in its own way, but you don't need to like dilute it with like, um you know, these bunch of political movements and ideology. I don't care for that. If I want to see, uh, if I want to see, um, like, for example, the new Barbie movie um, that they're saying release, I'm excited. It looks really freaking good. Artistically, it looks like a a, a Barbie world of like the Charlie and Charlie, Charlie and a Chocolate Factory type of um, artistic style of it. And uh-huh. it looks like a uh, very comedic standpoint from it. Okay. And 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 just like playing on the dumbness of what we see, think of Barbie, and Barbie and Ken, and I think they're gonna just do a fantastic job. Everybody's been loving the trailer on 
both sides. And I think it's just going to be something like taking an IP and really just having fun with it. And I'm like, oh, well, we didn't play you know, this, showed... but uh, why don't we watch the uh, trailer? Because I haven't. Let's watch the trailer. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hey, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Put the radio fast and goes cruising just as fast as she can now. I thought I might stay over tonight. Why? Because we're girlfriend boyfriend. To do what? I'm actually not sure. Okay, ladies, let's do this. What are you doing here? I'm coming with you. Did you bring your rollerblades? I literally go nowhere without them. Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Anyone who wants to beat him off has to beat me off first. I will beat both of you off at the same time. Beat both oh, of us I off? Beach. Nobody's gonna beat anyone off. I'm excited for that. And that's, I didn't see that trailer. So I'm just, that just took it to another level for me. I, I think they know what they're doing. They know how to play with words. They know how to make this, the non endos, endos. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it just looks yeah, like a good laugh. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, you know, it just looks like a great laugh. I hope it's I'm, good I'm excited to see. Mm -hmm. It did. It, 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 the trailer did make me laugh. Yeah, and I hope it's good. Yeah, I, I really do hope it's good. I'm excited to. Because uh, I can see girl. it going south real fast. Hopefully, there's nothing like. Uh, um, I can't say it won't because everybody else is using my people's word incorrectly. But um, I hope uh -huh. it's not um culturally appropriating and doing all this extra crap and just stay to the story. It seems like Ken and Barbie are just having fun. The beach thing. I'll beat you off. I beat you off. And it just say it fast enough. You say, you know, it's, uh -huh. just, it's too good. It's too good. <laughs> oh, I think they. I think they, I think like, they take it, it in a clever way. It looks like they cast the movie well. I th that's another part. I think the the casting is fantastic. Yeah, I think they're well, yeah, fully using that IP too. correctly. I think they're using it correctly, keeping mm -hmm. it to make it's. It's hard to make something uh, adulty and childish at the same time, and um, yeah, I can't wait to yeah, you know, I can't wait. For well, the, you know uh, who was the, the pros at that was um, who? Uh, people who made Bugs Bunny cartoons. Oh, hands down, the Looney Tunes, hands down. There were so much, there was so Tom much and Jerry, yeah. there, and even even yeah, in even yeah. in um, I don't know about now, but uh, Sesame Street from Tom my day. Oh yeah, I've heard. I've seen some clips, old school clips about it. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, like my father and uh, 
other police officers that they uh when they would get off yeah he worked a midnight shift yeah and sometimes they would go uh, to somebody's house or even a bar and have a drink and uh watch uh, sesame street <laughs> i could see it i could see it to see what weird corniness corniness is going to pop up you know <laughs> yeah so um uh... Well, that was a good way to start the episode because, uh, uh, um, you know, what I got prepared is is kind of negative. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to it, guys. But um, uh, well, what inspired this uh, this week uh, is the uh, journalist Matt Taibbi that has been reporting on the Twitter files uh, was threatened mm-hmm. with perjury from um, the. Uh, Virgin Island, U.S. Virgin Islands delegate hmm. uh, who was on the committee that interviewed him when he testified before Congress over some uh, errors in his reporting that journalists make. And uh, I mean, I, free, I think it's important that we talk about this. I think it's important that uh, uh, that, that people know that uh, the people in government uh, are really doing some nefarious things and uh, that our rights, oh, our rights to free speech, that the freedom of the press or freedom of assembly is really um, is really in peril at this time. And, huh. uh, you know, I think that uh, more and more of us need to get more vocal about it. And, uh, you know, I just keep encouraging people <laughs> Uh, that if you do watch mainstream media, uh, you know, especially uh, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, that you have other sources that uh, you can go to that uh, don't necessarily say the same things. And you can make up your own mind. Uh, but uh, this is really, really getting bad. Yes. Um, where they threatened to in prison a journalist because he's reporting yes. on things that the government doesn't like that the government's mm-hmm. implicated in i mean i remember when i was growing up in the 70s and 80s and big stories broke i mean the watergate story was a huge story you know yeah. it resulted in the resignation of the president uh we mm-hmm. need journalism uh we need journalism to keep our government into in account uh, yeah. and accountable and and it's wild to think that most like uh you know i'm a big fan uh redacted as you know um yeah. if, you know so and to believe and i i just realized a few weeks ago um that they they they're not even in the country and um you know americans that's not in the country and it's sad right because i i can probably imagine what this 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 cup this marriage marriage cup you know this this relationship because they're married um, why they would have to do that, you know, and one of the reasons why as journalists and passionate about journalism, um, would say, you know what, we want to be able to, you know, continue our passion, but we, we can't be here, yeah. you know, we can't be here. And that's an American. We, it, we should, our journalists should have absolute protection against this type of abuse. And, and, you know, now they're saying, oh, you plagiarize, what did he plagiarize exactly? Who? Uh, uh, Untidy. Oh, um, 
Well, no, I, I actually now that you mentioned that, uh, Mo, um, I'm looking. This is the Hill. Uh, mm -hmm. Was it two days ago? It says MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan plagiarized. Uh, okay, spanking. That so Mehdi, I, that Mehdi Hassan is uh, somebody we're going to talk about. Also, he's the he's a journalist that uh, you know did this takedown story. Uh, mm -hmm. or takedown interview of Matt Taibbi, um, yeah. which was, it was really laughable because he's trying to, he's, you know, questioning him with all these gotcha questions, like you made a mistake here. And these are mistakes that journalists make, especially yeah. when you're, you're yeah. dealing with uh, the volume of material and you're dealing with all these acronyms of, of all these organizations. I mean, I'm glad I'm a chaplain in a hospital. I mean, I can't keep track of all the acronyms of what every single one of these abbreviations mean uh, in mm -hmm. in in medical speak. I got to look them up all mm -hmm. the time. And often, many of these journalists don't have assistants, right? It's not like it's not like a uh, high, it's not a high paying field, you know. It's not like a lot of these guys have assistants and stuff like that. Um, they're spending weeks researching digging writing down notes and then have to come back and build it up and then and it has to be, and it has to be somewhat at a, a deadline and it's weird it sounds like hassan is really critiquing somebody's essay instead of their actual message and that's a little weird to me yeah yeah that, that, that might be a good way uh, of putting it so um let me just uh let me just introduce this um uh, I, I I wrote a little bit. Uh, I, I'm going to try to write uh, a little bit uh, of my introductions. Um, who knows what the No Name Yet podcast is going to end up being, but um, I'm dedicated to improving the show. And um, uh, so I did write uh, I did write some um, introductions and, and uh, transitions. So last week. Mehdi Hassan, a streaming journalist on Peacock MSNBC, conducted a hit interview with the award-winning journalist Matt Taibbi, who has been covering the Twitter files. In an interview, he attempted to discredit Taibbi by pointing out mistakes that Matt Taibbi made in one of his articles, mistakes that journalists make out of a matter of practice because they are human and issue corrections as a best practice because errors do happen. Where mm -hmm. um, Mehdi Hassan is holding Matt Taibbi to a journalist perfection uh, attainable uh, by no one, that uh, Mehdi Hassan's work uh, can stand uh, next to Matt Taibbi's. And to question the integrity of Matt Taibbi based on his work over the years uh, not only is unbelievable, but laughable, given who Mehdi Hassan is. He's a grandstander and a professional interrupter, likened to the interview style that was most associated with Fox News for many years. And oh. uh, I have some clips that uh, I'd like to play. The first is from, it's from the Gray Zone, where uh, okay. Max Blumenthal and Aaron Matei are... Uh, discussing the Hassan uh, interview. So for those who've been following, we've interviewed Matt Taibbi before. We've interviewed Matt Taibbi about this. He 
got access to the Twitter files, which is a huge cache of internal communications at Twitter, which showed uh, that there was a huge pressure campaign on Twitter by U.S. intelligence and U.S. intelligence front groups uh, to censor dissenting voices, to uh, minimize the spread of uh, countervailing information, anything that undermined the national security state, and that Twitter was involved in this, along with other social media giants, instead of bowing to these pressure campaigns, so, so, such as, for example, validating the requests of powerful people inside the U.S. government to basically uh, censor anything that could be tied to Russia or said to be tied to Russia and to validate Russiagate propaganda. So to limit the spread of anything that criticized Russiagate. This is, these are among the revelations of the Twitter file. So Matt Taibbi has been, I think, doing a public service in reporting this. And um, among the media outlets that this embarrassed is MSNBC, because MSNBC relied on scams like Hamilton 68, which is something that Max, you exposed a long time ago at the gray zone this fake dashboard of so-called Russian accounts. And this is trotted out whenever the National Security State wants to discredit a, a line of thinking. What it will say is, oh, this is being promoted by these Russian accounts. And look, here's this dashboard, th this dashboard, Hamilton 68, to validate that. So that's some background on uh, the Twitter files. And uh, what I'd like to do is to play a, uh, a piece of... Uh, the interview um, between Hassan and um, Taibi. Yes. Okay. So Mehdi is, is claiming that he caught Matt in what he calls, quote, multiple unacknowledged and glaring mistakes. You watch the actual interview, and the things that Mehdi confronts Matt on are ridiculously trivial, such as catching Matt getting in literally an acronym wrong, Okay. So let's watch that clip. You talk a lot about the election integrity project in the Twitter files, which Stanford and the University of Washington founded to monitor attacks on our elections. Both, both backed by uh, U.S. intelligence. Um, and you say some stuff about them that a lot of your critics say is not true, and that affects your credibility. You said the EIP was founded in response to the government dropping its proposal for a disinformation government. Well, there you are. We're quoting you on screen. It wasn't. It was formed two years earlier. Uh, you suggest it was government funded, even though during the 20 election, 2020 election that you're covering, it wasn't. Uh, you say they labeled 22 million tweets as misinformation in the run-up to the 2020 vote. They didn't. Uh, they, got, they flagged 3,000 election misinformation tweets for labeling, so you were only 21,997,000 off. And you also um, claim the EIP was... Let me finish the question. You can come back in. You also claim the EIP was partnered with the government cybersecurity and infrastructure agency, CISA, to censor Twitter, but you mix up CISA... CISA, a Homeland Security Agency, with the Center for Internet Security, the CIS, which is a nonprofit. In fact, you added an A to CIS. Which is a nonprofit backed by state entities. I think people can see it there uh, in brackets uh, to make that false claim. It's just error after error, Matt, on just this one That's topic. But the, other, but the other ones aren't. Uh, no, no, the, the, the 22, 22 million, million number came from their own report. Yeah, where did the, it, it came from a report in March 20... Do you know what the 22 million number is, Matt? Can you tell me? Because we checked. 22 million is the number of tweets about election misinformation that were just that they just mapped. How many tweets were they? The ones they actually flagged to Twitter before. Wait, isn't that flagging? Well, it, it is flagging. It's a thing. So Medi is, is asserting that 3, Matt 000. has made 
errors that aren't actually errors. Uh, the 22 million thing about those tweets being flagged, that was correct. Matt showed that on Twitter afterwards. Medi, of course, still hasn't retracted his, his false claim. And then, look, but look, look at him getting indignant, indignant over Matt getting an acronym wrong. He yeah. said, you added an A. You added an A. But the thing is, as Lee Fong pointed out, actually, that group CISA is actually a DHS agency, and it was actually partnered yep. with whatever the other group yep. was. It is, it, is, it is just shameful that um, it's clear. And this was, uh, you said, through the Hill? No. Uh, uh, it was Fox? Mediasan was... has a show on Peacock. Oh, it's on, on Peacock. MSNBC well, let, Peacock. <laughs> let me just say this. This is just absolutely insane. I mean, what he was targeting him about was so minute. I mean, 20-something... 20, 20 Anything, million, anything of false, anything can do much more damage, period, right? Let's stick to that one fact, right? If if they, if they that number, what he said, because he agreed that that number was misinformation, but that's the one that they they only really flagged 3,000, but the, there are over t- these millions of, of other people. Maybe the 3,000 are influential people, right? Well, what they, but what... What the guys from the gray zone were saying was that, in fact, that the full number that Matt Taibbi reported were flagged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here's what I'm saying, that even if, like, considering what the context are, right? So is the 3,000 or what, of influential tweets of politicians and people with power that was, like, ridiculous? And they were like, oh, these are the most dangerous ones? And that's what you're saying? Or, you know, because to me, all that, that entire number is dangerous. Even if the guy with only a hundred followers, so you're um, saying that uh, the followers. two million or three thousand is too dangerous even to consider. Too dangerous. Yeah, it, it's too dangerous to be considered anything less than that. We should take it as serious as anything else. It's it's a serious number. Both numbers are too big. Both numbers are too big when we're so, playing with our politics involved in it. Mm-hmm. And and, and and influence in our sensitive uh, and and be come on, come on. So uh, I so I'd like to point out that um, I think it was Max Blumenthal that said it. Um, that really that that the um, that Matt Taibbi is too much of a straight shooter. Yeah, and he's not geared for the scream fest of mainstream media. No. So as you can see in the interview already that. Mehdi Hassan, you know, has uh, probably the top equipment and that for whatever reason, you know, it looked like Matt Taibbi had uh, a decent microphone, but uh, whether it was the, the internet connection or whatever, I mean, when he would start getting talking, you know, his, his the, the, the connection was catching up with what he was saying. So yeah. I mean, and, and and if you if you watch any of Mehdi Hassan's interviews, I mean, he's constantly interrupting people. Yeah, um, and it's, this is this is actual like a um, political theater tactic, you know. Um, yeah. You know, this is this is theater, right? It's political theater, and 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 it's like especially if you see it on like Fox, uh, mm-hmm. you see it on Fox, and you know, especially there, they they have this really good strategy to um try to like with people who are not camera folk who are not good with being in front of the camera uh who are like you know 
Matt is the type of man he just wants to have a conversation. This but man he, is not. No, he doesn't even want to have a conversation. He wants to write. Yeah. Yes, but in he's, terms of he's his not career, really like, a he talker. To, yeah, you could tell, but he know he's still doing it. You know, he's yeah, still yeah. He's, yeah. he's he's he understands why it's important. So I can't take that away from him because he's an intelligent man and he understands that you know he has to do this. This is part of his job. And you know, the bigger you get, the more you are supposed to be. You know, you're going to be wanted to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. But these other guys, they're theater polit- politicians, and because being a, po- a political politician, they just know how to anger people. That's all they want to get. Right. I mean, this well, is just falling into this style of uh, of aggressiveness and diluting them a message just for a clickbait. Yeah, and 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 the point of of where I'm going is to show the types of people that are involved in our public discourse now, and so mm-hmm. I would I would categorize uh, Mehdi Hassan unapologetically as a rat boy, <laughs> and uh, I would like to you know play you know another rat boy, uh, which I I I think that they they they're they're cut from uh, the the, the same, same cloth. The same exact cloth. So, why is it that a bill banning abortions after a woman has been pregnant for six weeks is not a return to the dark ages? What's your answer? My answer is something called science. Human life exists at conception, it ought to be protected. Now, back to my question to you. You purport to be an objective journalist. BBC purports to be an objective down the middle network. It obviously is not, it never has been, and you as a journalist are proceeding to call one side of the political aisle ignorant, barbaric, and sending us back to the dark ages. Why don't you just say that you're on the left? Is uh, this so hard for you? Why can't you just be honest? <laughs> Mr. Seriously, Shapiro, I, it's a serious question. Mr. Shapiro, if you only knew how ridiculous that statement is, you wouldn't have said it. I, I just really? asked you a question. And I asked you a question. You failed to answer a single one of mine. Well, Frankly, I find this whole thing a waste of time. If you want to read the book and critique the book, why don't you read and critique the book? If you want to, re- if you want to critique me, you can think whatever you want of me. Why don't you Frankly, just try and I don't answer care. the I don't, questions? I don't frankly give a damn what you you're, think of me since I've you, never heard of you. You And I've never heard of you until I've briefed myself for this. But that's not the issue. You have a then new why the book hell are you interviewing and it's, me, an, in, it's an interesting book. But my point is, your book claims that society... Well, it would be society, nice if you would quote it from time to time. Your book is... Well, actually, I've done so several times, and I'm about to do so again, if you would let me just finish the question. Your book frankly, claims that this, society you know honestly, is turning honestly, its back sir, on Judeo-Christian values. Yeah, this, what uh, are those values? What, uh, what, what are the values it's turning its back on? I... I you know, I, I'm not inclined to continue an interview with a person as badly motivated as you as an interviewer. So I think we're done here. I appreciate your time. All sir. right. Thank you well, so much. thank you for your time and uh, for showing that anger is not part of American political discourse. Now, Mr. Shapiro, we'll say goodbye. Rat boy. You go so hard on Shapiro. That is my favorite, favorite clip. Oh, my God. Listen, the man, the, um, the man, I... the man interviewing the man inner viewing him andrew neal is a conservative yeah <laughs> but he's yeah. a ra- he's another rat boy Medi Hassan, rat like... boy i i don't really know Medi Hassan so much <laughs> let me not def- and i'm gonna keep doing girl. what they do i'm not gonna let you talk i'm not gonna but let you I, talk okay yeah, go ahead go ahead oh, i'm so sorry Go ahead. I'm so go sorry. Ahead and, I can go ahead and defend. Ben I want to speak. <laughs> listen, um, listen. Do you hear? Like you know, just talking about um, uh, who I think 
uh, has a lot of rat tendencies. Tucker, uh, Tucker Clarkson, I believe. Yeah, or Fox. He, he does. He he has a little rat uh, rat boy tendency. I feel like I think he got a lot of rat boy <laughs> tendency. Um, yeah, you know what made me laugh is um, you heard heard about Fox getting sued for the Dominion thing. I did, and, and you know, and that is one story that I have not followed. So. Well, you know, the uh, Dominion, I believe it's uh, something. I forgot how much they um they made, but um they they got they won a lawsuit. Uh, Fox has to pay them up. And um and and for those who are not too familiar, I'll get a quick summary. Please just go um look it up. Um, and if you're probably a mainstream watcher, uh, hopefully you're not. Uh, <laughs> you probably heard already that you know Dominion had sued uh Fox for um. I'm saying that they uh, basically manipulated the voting machines and everything else like that. And that was a big thing because during the uh, 2016 and uh, um, uh, the last election, they were just saying, oh, this is happening. This is happening. And it, it was rough. And it, it, the credit, um, it really defamed their uh, their their machines and their company. And they, they, they went swinging back and they won. So... <clears throat> Sadly, I I wasn't even expecting to talk about it, but uh, since we're talking about rap boys, I just I it just brings up when Tucker was talking to uh, his 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 coworkers and you know saying oh you know in in the camera oh yeah Trump 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 and in the background you're secretly saying I hate this man you know I hate this man this guy got to go I can't wait for he leave he's a monster but on on camera you're so supportive of Trump and it just makes me um realize that like I I really don't care for Fox. I need them to fall off. I beg of the world to stop watching mainstream. I just want it all to burn down to the ground. I just, I need things to just burn now. Just like the right things to burn. These liars, these these manipulators, and um, I need the boomers to just let it go, let it go. I know, yeah, yeah, fell for it. I know, yeah, probably like, hey, you know, this is our thing. We grow it. Let it go. It needs to die. You're you're, you're go, saying guys. figuratively burning to the ground. Not yes, actually, yes, okay. No, dude, just I don't want, want to... lives to be lost. Yeah, well, we oh yeah, we live in a time I have to clarify. Either. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what's great? You know, um, if the FBI ever showed up to my door, I mean, I'll give them my stuff, my everything. Like, hey, look, you can look at everything. But I'm gonna ask them one question. I'm like, how far do you think I can get as a black blind blind man that can't drive? Like, how far do you think I can get? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, they had you know? that. Uh, they had that blind. Uh, what was it called? A shake uh, that apparently planned the uh, bombing of the first World Trade Center bombing. He was blind. Really? The blind shake. Was, was he? I gotta look. Prison. I gotta look this up. I gotta look this up. There's a yeah. blind guy. Yeah, don't don't depend. Don't on depend building. on. Uh, don't depend on your uh, sight impairment. Uh, <laughs> bombs are easy to make. <laughs> apparently <laughs> i didn't like to me that's so hard to believe because i'm like how did he set that up like did y'all just let him go down to your basement do you just all let him just randomly for a week drop random book bags near points of entrances and you were like oh blind guy drop stuff i mean do y'all not check i i just can't even fathom how that works you know well, what i'm saying do it. i um, think, did he, he, pl- did I think he, get... he planned it oh he planned it oh i can he plan things it. out yeah. Oh, he planned it out. Oh, I can yeah. do that. I can he do probably that. told I don't need sight to plan. He probably 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I suspect he told the people that Allah sanctioned it. I don't know. Oh my God! It sounds like a government conspiracy already. So speaking, so speaking of uh, religion. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to uh, let people know uh, from what uh, cloth uh, Mediasan is cut. Uh, so earlier in his life, he was an Islamic uh, preacher. And okay. uh, I'm not presenting, uh, I am in no way criticizing the Islamic religion. Uh, but I uh, definitely uh, criticize zealot preachers, whether they be Christian or whether they be Muslim or any other religion. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to uh, play uh, these recordings of Mediasan's preaching. Where does he come from? He comes from a very weird background where not too long ago he was actually trying to ingratiate himself with religious fundamentalists uh, and bashing many of the concepts that define MSNBC viewers. Here's Mehdi as a hate preacher at a London mosque uh, attacking uh, non-Muslims. Islam, to believe is to know. And he was, he was like at the new statesman at the time. That is what it fundamentally comes down to. It is to remain ignorant, to cover up knowledge. After all, what is Carter? Carter comes from the root word, which means to cover up, to conceal. The Carter is the one who covers up that knowledge, which is clear. The French Orientalist scholar Lamens, he once wrote that the Quran is not far from considering unbelief, disbelief as an infirmity, as an illness, as a disease of the human mind. SubhanAllah. Non-Muslims point this out to us. I mean, he's, he's, he's talking about MSNBC viewers. The atheists who remain deaf and stubborn to the teachings of Islam, the rational message of the Quran, they are described in the Quran as, quote, a people of no intelligence, Allah describes us. Not of no morality, not of no belief, people of no intelligence. Because they are incapable of the intellectual effort it requires to shake off those blind prejudices. He's calling all non-Muslims cattle in a public speech. This is an MSNBC host. To shake off those easy assumptions about this world, about the existence of God. In this respect, the Quran describes the atheists as cattle. As cattle of those who go with the crowd and do not stop and wonder about this world. Unanimously agree. That, that's just, that's, that's him. The same guy who chewed out Matt Taibbi. This is him. That at the very minimum, if Yazid was not a kafir, then at the Yazid is like the evil satanic figure of Shia Islam. At the minimum, he was a fasir, a transgressor, a breaker of Islamic laws, a corrupt individual, a tyrant, a killer, a drunkard, a dog lover, a music lover, a homosexual, a pedophile, a sexual deviant, someone who slept with his own mother. Let's hear that again. That at the very minimum, if Yazid was not a kafir, then at the very minimum, he was a fasir, a transgressor, a breaker of Islamic laws, a corrupt individual, a tyrant, a killer, a drunkard, a dog lover. Wait a minute. MSNBC watchers love dogs. Mehdi is saying that Satan is a dog lover. And if you're a dog lover, you're satanic. Just, I mean, they, they love walking their golden retrievers around to their dog parks and stuff. A music lover. Wait, Satan's a music lover. What's wrong with music, Mehdi? 
Does, I guess Medi doesn't really he doesn't like put his iPods in and listen to some like cold play or something before he's like gonna dress down Taibi. A homosexual. A- whoa, whoa, a homosexual? Say Satan is homo homosexuality satanic? Pedophile, a sexual deviant, someone who slept with his own mother, Astaghfirullah. These are values. Astaghfirullah, he slept with his own mother. Oh, so, so th- how do you go from that to being like one of the favorite figures on MSNBC Peacock for like Blue Anon, do- Golden Retriever dog walkers and people who have like the LGBT flag on their homes? Like, how do you do that unless you were like the most aggressive, shameless opportunist on the planet? And I should note, Mehdi did apologize for saying homosexuality is satanic on his lobbying campaign to be an MSNBC host, but he never apologized for saying loving dogs is satanic or that loving music is satanic. I mean, if you love John Coltrane, you are a Satan worshiper, according to that speech. Um, I think he should apologize to music lovers. And then after that, there's that time when he gets uh, caught writing this uh, cover letter to the Daily Mail, this right wing, this white, oh, yeah. right wing rag in the UK, begging for a columnist job, where he talks about how much he loves their, uh, you know, he 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 offers to criticize the left from the left. Well, well the interesting good thing I don't fellow. have a dog. Good thing I don't have a dog. Yeah, yeah, you're going to hell. You're going to hell, passive. You, you dog loving, feeding, take them to the vet when music loving, same worship. How dare you take a dog to the vet to get medication to stay alive? You horrible white man. So this is the, the this is the this is the point of presenting all this. Is that this? That these are the kind of people that the so-called liberal liberal class keeps belching up to further go down the authoritarianism rabbit hole. Yeah, because these these these, these men and women are just representative for to, for the for the people who uh, uh, uh who they who identify as liberal but they feel like you know it's like with movies people got to see themselves in the characters so they pick these characters that are real life people but they still have to play a role and this guy is just playing a role for muslims um and and, and because he looks like somebody and he's a well, good man for muslims, to so, some you know i mean there's probably a lot of white you know, liberals that are 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 just tantalized that that there's a muslim man yeah. Reading, yeah. You know, uh, or, yeah, or, but they, or, you know, or running, well, well, or running they a their... real journalist over the coals. Yeah, yeah, that too. But this, I'm saying, why this man even got his position? You know, these people get it. So even when I see black people as like as liberals, I'm like, mm, okay, what character you're about to play? You know, it it, it never matches up because I'm like, mm, nothing you're saying sounds for me. You know, who is that for? So. <clears throat> You know, um, so it's just these characters and it's like, you know, uh, it's just the way it is. This is all he was. He's not relevant. He's only relevant for people who subscribe to this this platform. Yeah. And, and last time I checked, Peacock ain't doing that well for him to be that much of a big deal. So the the name of this episode, uh, Mo, is called uh, Bottom Feeding Bootlicking Sludge. 
Oh goodness! And uh, saying that sludge to a slut. Sludge, sludge. Oh, I know what I said. Yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what is going to be in my head. And 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 that's what and that's what and that's what the so-called liberal class class keeps coughing up. Mm. Now, when when uh, Lee Fong, another journalist of um, uh, you know, of great talent, great skill. Took Mediasan's interview with Matt Taibbi to task, mm-hmm. uh, and wrote a piece showing where Hassan uh, was wrong. Hassan uh, came back and accused him of being anti-Muslim, <laughs> and if uh, people would like to look up the work of Li Fang, uh, you can now follow him on Substack. I gotta look into Substack. Apparently, they're having some. Uh, Substack is apparently having some big problems as well. Apparently, uh, there's uh, interviews with the uh, creator or CEO. I, I don't know who the gentleman is, but it's you know some racist uh, materials were showing up. So I I can't wait to look, bring that to the well, everybody yeah, on the show. Of, next of week. course, they were. Uh, yeah. Sub Substack allows uh, people to publish uh, uncensored. Okay, and, that's uh, what it is. I've never been to the site yet. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, you know, certain certain people uh, that have been on different platforms, you know, uh, or say I'm on Substack now, that at some point their their expectation is that Substack will be, uh, you you know, smeared, taken down, uh, accused of of not having integrity. Uh, then it will collapse, and uh, you know these independent journalists will go then to the next platform that will allow them to to publish. So if you're always going to the box or through the door that everybody else is going through, you're missing out on opportunities and ideas and and different. So what they push out is not always right. We know this. Mainstream is a theater. They're going to say the thing that makes them that goes against to make you go against what their propaganda is. We understand that, and. Mo- over we're increasing in numbers our ideas me and your me and you pastor and we have different ideas but the way we think and see about the world we're increasing in numbers not them they're losing numbers amen this is why they're doing what they're doing they're losing you well you you have a point there they're losing you did send me that story uh from breaking points today about um the increase in people who identify as independents. 40 over up to 43% increase. 49. 49%. 49, yes. Yeah. Beautiful numbers. So yeah. in which we just had a conversation about this uh, a few days ago. And uh and I thought it was just fate that this I just saw this uh breaking point clip and I was like, you know what? That's perfect, right? It is perfect that, you know, because you felt like uh uh that it, you know, the, the independent party wasn't independent ideas wasn't going to get noticed um noticed and people are noticing and looking for alternative parties and looking for alternative ideas right. regardless now, of being more left or right and I, I and you know i keep pointing this out and there's going to be people that listen to the show and be like you're against america i am not against america no i want america what to i am what, what we what we what we are is that we're brothers and sisters regardless of color or skin or anything else yeah. like that i am an american I'm not an African American. I'm not. I am American. I am Native. I am no. We're not doing this anymore. We're not going to per, per, 
continue this false narrative that we are just going to remain divided the way they want to be us to be divided. I'm not remaining divided anymore with my own brothers and sisters for a bunch yeah. of billionaires. Are you crazy? I'm not going to hate you for your color because of a billionaire wants to push something on us. We're we're all in the same boat now. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can't if you can't accept we're all in the same team now, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you. I am not supporting. I am not supporting anybody that that will try to take down an app where I have seen the most uh, uh, curious people of all colors and shapes on an app, TikTok, for example, and say, you know what? We don't deserve to have our voices met. We don't deserve. I, I've seen I did not see any of the protests with Paris with, in France right now in Paris on our mainstream media. But I've seen on TikTok, I see people right there in their country explaining what's happening, saying it's not about retirement. It's about the fact that we are being our money's being taken away. They want us to work these jobs from low wages and enslave us. And police brutality is at an all-time high. And they're threatening us for our lives. This is happening right there in Paris. And you're telling me that to like just get rid of an app where this is the only source of news where people from another country can say, "Yo, we're suffering." Yeah. Well, well and we need help. Well, um, imagine, imagine how astounded I've been, right, through my life, that to, to see like what my generation has seen, like my generation has both seen no internet and internet. Mm -hmm. The internet comes, you know, the world wide web. This is going to connect everybody, and I'm like. We're gonna we're gonna be able to see like you know I mean I like the news you know we're yes. gonna be able to see what's going on in other countries and this and that and we'll be able to talk to people from other countries a lot easier and 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 now I think you know I mean with cable TV I mean there were some cable TV outlets that used to carry like the Canadian broadcasting system mm. yeah. Um, it almost seems like information from around the world was more accessible before the internet took off mm. or while the internet was taking mm. off, you yeah. know, because, because nobody knew better. You know, let, let, let people, you know, look up what they want to look up. Now everything is just so locked down and propagandized. We have no idea mm. what's going on in, in Russia. We have no idea what's going on in Ukraine. I mean, you're saying that the only the only thing that I mean, I've seen those scenes on Twitter, mm -hmm. you know, from France. Yeah, I mean, the French Horrible. are tearing that place down. They are tearing it down. And it They've was been at protest for weeks. Yeah, wow. The country's so big, we can't get together and even peacefully protest to make a difference. I mean, there has it's it's funny because just this week we literally had. Hundreds, and I, I have to do the research because I just recently found out myself. And um, so I hope to come back next week with some more information for you guys. But um, in Chicago, I believe there was two protests, uh, massive with youth involved. Youth protesting all over the country is happening. You are not seeing that. You are not seeing that on mainstream. And 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 top of things like and, that. And 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 you know what's crazy because there was uh. uh because a social post happened and you know and and it was it, it, there was a shooting involved you know 
when these protests is happening and bullets are shooting, it's usually not. It's more. It's ninety nine percent of the time not the protesters. It yeah. is somebody from the outside. And if somebody was shooting, they were shooting because they wanted to create more chaos. And um, and because there's so many guns in this country, peaceful peaceful protesting is near damn well impossible. Yeah, well, a bullet there's... can go off. It's the protests. Protesters yeah. fall. It's well, it's it's not an investigation. Yeah, there's no investigation. Yeah. A Whether bullet goes off, and you can be government or not. Exactly. So we having these things happen all over the country. People are standing up when those Tennessee happened last week. We see it happening. They are getting silenced, and when it and 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 they they go straight into talk about politics. They're not talking about. They don't give a damn. The Tennessee thing was overseen, over uh, overshadowed. The poor kids are protesting, and they're saying we can't deal with. We don't want no more school shootings anymore. And you know what the mainstream media said? Cut went through and did. Watched right over it and went straight to the, the black politicians. The new Martin Luther. I don't care about that. What I care about is that our children are screaming. Again, white, black, yeah. Spanish, Asian, screaming. We don't want this. Yeah, like, we the, don't like the mainstream media can uh, proclaim somebody the new Martin Luther King. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 but they'll try. Yeah, but they're completely inept to, to, to make that proclamation because if there was another Martin Luther King, they wouldn't let him on the air. Oh hell no! Oh hell no! Well, let's oh, let's go on to the last part of this segment, and then we'll go to the call of the show because uh, I think we're going to be over an hour anyway. Yes, let's and, go. Uh, I got a barbecue to so, go to. So, um, continuing on this theme of bottom feeding, boot licking sludge, <laughs> I would like to uh, bring uh, our attention. Uh, to the representative from uh, the Virgin Islands, uh, Stacy Plaskett, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to play. This is the beginning of a of a show of Glenn Greenwald's show, System Update, and the uh, partial title is "Authoritarian Congresswoman" in quotes threatens Matt Taibbi with jail over the Twitter files. Tonight, a Democratic member of Congress explicitly threatens a journalist with prosecution in prison after he revealed secret actions by the U.S. security state that she, the member of Congress, supports. Stacey Plaskett, who pretends to be a member, a Democratic congresswoman from the Virgin Islands, but in reality is nothing more than an unvoting delegate, wrote a letter to the journalist Matt Taibbi today explicitly threatening him with prison for allegedly making false statements to Congress when he testified on March 9th before the select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government about the Twitter files. That reporting, as you recall, revealed the role played by the intelligence community and other parts of the U.S. government in censoring vast amounts of online speech posted by American citizens. It's easy to dismiss these threats from her as the act of a small-minded, impotent government functionary desperate for social media applause and with an obvious petty tyrant complex, and all of that is clearly true. But the mindset displayed by the adored on Twitter Stacey Plaskett, as blatantly repressive as it is, has become the defining mindset of her party and the liberal political faction which cheers her and for that reason deserves more attention than it or she otherwise would merit. So let me just first start off by saying that uh, the fact that she sent that letter 
as a non-voting member of Congress, says to me the great cowardice of the Democrats in Congress that wanted that letter sent. And that by no means would I want the delegate from the U.S. Virgin Islands dictating policy for the contiguous 48 states of the United States or the 50 states of the United States. Who the heck is she to try to put an American journalist in jail? We got our first female rat. Now, she's an American. She's an American. And I'd like you to hear about her. Plus, important to highlight here that Taibi's reporting was accurate, even in the trivial ways they tried to attack. And the reason it's so important is because earlier today, a letter surfaced, which was dated April 13th, so last week, written apparently. And it's from Stacey Plaskett, who likes to pretend she's a member of Congress. She sits on committees in Congress. She was one of the impeachment managers for Donald Trump's second impeachment for, uh, trial. She became very popular on social media among liberals. She's a black woman who loves melodramatic liberal gestures about Donald Trump. And so she attracted a lot of attention. She represents the Virgin Islands, even though she was born in New York. She wasn't born in the Virgin Islands. She didn't grow up in the Virgin Islands. She went to the boarding school Choate, which is one of the most expensive boarding schools in the country. She spent a year abroad in France where she mm -hmm. was educated. She went to, then went to Georgetown Law School. And she worked in and out of Washington firms and for members of Congress. And then she goes to the Virgin Islands backed by huge amounts of corporate cash and gets elected to represent the people of the Virgin Islands who are faced with all kinds of material deprivations. But she doesn't care at all about the people of the Virgin Islands. Why would she? She's never lived there. She barely has any connection to the island. So she spends all of her time in things like Trump impeachment and every Russiagate. She was a fanatical Russiagater. Anything that gets her social media attention. That's what she really wants to be. And the people of the Virgin Islands continue to suffer with no real representative. The Virgin Islands, Virgin Islands, of course, is not a state. They don't have members of Congress, but they give them delegates who are supposed to represent their interest. Even though she can't vote on the House floor, she votes in committee, but she's not a real member of Congress. She's a fake member of Congress. She's a delegate. And yet, today she wrote a letter to Matt Taibbi, who's a journalist, threatening him with prison based on this MSNBC segment that itself has been debunked. So let me show you what this letter says, because for all the talk about how Donald Trump was this grave threat to a free, a free press, every time he would insult Jim Acosta or Wolf Blitzer or Chuck Todd, they would have op-eds in the New York Times and the Washington Post and cable segments, emergency cable segments convened. He never got close, Donald Trump, to any sort of threat to press freedom like what Stacey Plaskett is doing here. Here's what she wrote, quote, on March 9th, immediately before your appearance before the subcommittee, you released an additional installment of the so-called Twitter, the so-called Twitter files on your personal Twitter account. As part of that installment, you allege that the Election Integrity Partnership, EIP, worked with... Now, if there's anything more despotic 
than a member of Congress very explicitly threatening a journalist with five years imprisonment and prosecution over what she claims is a mistaken acronym based on an MSNBC segment that she uncritically ingested and has no idea it was debunked, I'd like to know what it is. Tell me, anyone, what Donald Trump did that even got in the same universe as threatening press freedoms, then writing a letter to a journalist, threatening them with prison, based on this incredibly trivial allegation that you've made that he made a mistake in doing. First of all, not only do we got a nice rat, we got a black rat. Okay, so nothing she says matters, okay? If you can't even take care of your district, shut up. You know, and, and she her actions just shows me that she's a political theater student, period. Yeah. You know, she's trying to become... I just she, wonder her, how, they got, how she got elected. No, because you know. she probably... I don't even know what she looks like. She's probably just right enough to be to be considered the next Obama or run, or Kamala Harris, and and she Harris. saw to this she's she's seen these other black women look so beautiful and and be in the stars in the starlight. And I love politics. Yeah, that that's what she looks like. That's what she looks like. Look, look, fit right in there. I love politics. I straighten my hair. I can I I I I'm I'm I I I make I'm just friendly to white people. Okay, to liberal white people because you know, they when we I can be the next token black woman. That's all I want to be. It doesn't matter if I have an actual resume of like helping people in the Virgin Islands eat. That doesn't matter. They don't need help and support. I mean, I've experienced probably poverty myself and challenges myself, and I see my people struggling. I mean, going to a district where, as a black person, I could actually make a difference. No, 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 no. I don't want that. I want to be where the big boys are at. Stay your lane, woman. Stay in your freaking lane. Where You don't know. The so, hell are you talking about? This is my point. This is This is what... This is what this so-called liberal class is. It keeps keeps coughing and belching up, bottom feeding, boot licking sludge. Bunch of tokens. And uh, you know, there's just a lot of people out there that are willing to toe a line to get somewhere. And uh, I mean, this is having this is having real effects on everybody's. Free speech. It's having real effects on freedom of the press. It's having real effects on freedom of assembly. Yes. And I would, I, you know, I acknowledge the ills of society. I, I acknowledge racism. I acknowledge homophobia. Mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. acknowledge transphobia. Yes. And, and, and that things have to be done about it, but that not at the expense of freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and freedom of the press. No. This is what this country was founded on. No. Not at all. They we don't we don't want that. They should be you know, it's a, it's just about them making you angry. It's just about them making me that way. And now I'm just getting angry at the it is the the disrespect. Because what it coming down now is that they're saying we're idiots. 
We, you American people are idiots and we're going to keep making you angry and trigger until you're the ends of time. And while we make you angry, we'll make our millions. And, and, and we'll fight. Yeah. We'll get rich and you'll be mad, but and, you'll be and, mad at a color. A color. Did I cut you off? No, no. I'm just saying that, you know, they're, they just want us to be mad at two colors, blue and red. And not them. That's it. Yeah. It's disgusting at this point. And as you, if you're watching our show, you know that at the end of the day, we just care. We we show both sides are looking crazy. Both sides. Mm -hmm. So what are we gonna do about it? We're gonna let them keep calling us idiots to our face. Because that's all I hear when they speak. Well, they treat us like idiots. <laughs> and and this is my final point of the evening. Yes. Why is this important to me? It's important to me right now because I followed Matt Taibbi for many years. And I know him to be a journalist of integrity. I've listened to his stories about when he was growing up and his dad was a journalist. And he used to come home, he used to eat dinner, and then he used to go into his study. And he used to get on the phone and go through the Rolodex and just call people. He called the mayor, he called, uh, you know, this official, that official. How are things yeah. going? How's the family? Mm -hmm. And he kept yeah. these lines of communications open with these people. And sometimes people would, would tip him off to a story. Yeah. He watched his dad do it. And then he wanted to be a journalist. Wow. He wanted He wanted his shoes on the ground and he wanted to be a journalist. And he conducts himself yeah. as a traditional journalist like his dad. Integrity is very important to him. I've heard him say that he's the guy that lies awake wondering if he put the comma in the wrong place, let alone make a factual mistake in one of his pieces. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that has a family of his own that they're, they're threatening to put in prison for five years for, for, mm -hmm. for mistakes that journalists make all the time. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important, because an average American who is pursuing his dream is pursuing a career that he saw his dad pursuing and wanting to do it with integrity. And because his integrity conflicts with the narratives that the U.S. government wants the general public to hear, they're threatening to put him in prison. And as much as the Democratic Party is worried about the Russians, and some Republicans are worried about the Russians. They continually act like Soviets. Hmm. I'm not willing to give up my I'm not willing to give up my rights. And I hope that we can come together uh, across the political spectrum, across races, across ethnicities, across sexualities, across genders and say this is enough of this. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, we keep mm -hmm. saying that you're defending democracy and free society, but the, the people in power are doing everything but creating a free democratic society. Ain't nothing democratic about this stuff anymore. No. Ain't nothing about it. The, the, they keep pushing this the narrative of murder, 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 murder. I see more lives being taken, and I'm seeing, and when people are actually stepping up to stop, stop this crap from happening, they keep pushing harder against it. And you know what? Nothing is going to happen to Matt. You know why? Because we, the American people, 
are awake now. Now y'all was a see see when woke was a first originated in our my culture in my community. It was about being spiritually awoken. It was about coming to your awakening, seeing the world for what it is, not for where you grew up at and where you grew up at. What's your pol uh, a political your family's political party? Not about what, how much money you grew up with. It's understanding that it was about getting close to your spirit and paying attention about your spiritual growth and then strengthening your intelligence and becoming wiser and making decisions that benefited your community and, the, and, and your loved ones. That was what this, that's the basics. It's only a small details of what woke is. It's not what they're talking about on mainstream. Do not mm -hmm. listen to them. When you hear that word woke, that's not what that means. Do not take something my culture does like you. They do it all the time. Every time a, a, the black community comes up with a, a word or something it, it becomes they destroy it and be, make it turn it into a weapon i need white men and women to really listen to me it is not think about woke as opening up your bible and praying to god fasting going to your community and supporting what each other that's what woke is it's about taking your individuality and understanding that we have to grow and become, instead of being selfish, we become aware. Mm. And we proceed to build our communities and, and build each other up. And that that, that does include uh, other cultures as well. It includes the entire community without taking blame on ourselves. Understanding we have challenges and overcoming those challenges. That is what being woke means. So I really want white people to understand that's what it really means. It's not about taking from you. It's not about attacking you. It's not about harming you or anything. It is just about coming closer mainly to yourself and to a higher power. Amen. Don't listen to the mainstream. That they don't they don't know what they're talking about. Amen. So we end this episode the same way every time with a prayer. So let us pray. Yes. Father God, we come boldly before the your throne as your word tells us to, and that God, and I appeal to you uh, for protection for people like Matt Taibbi, uh, protection uh, for the uh, black socialists that have just been arrested. Uh, I ask that you uh, protect people who are trying to do the right thing uh, I ask that you protect those that do have integrity and find it in conflict with what the mainstream wants us to hear and do. So, God, we know that uh, you have the last say on everything and that, God, I ask that you empower people to do the right thing and to speak up and to come together uh, in peace and to make this world a better place. That, God, I, I, I lay down our anxieties, I lay down our anger, I lay down our frustration, and that, God, we, we present it as a sacrifice to you, and that, God, we ask in exchange that you give us enlightenment and you guide our steps. But Father God, I ask that you bless everybody that's listening today, and I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Good night.
later. <laughs> I don't know why I did this. Bye.